from Asheville, where for the for you fentanyl enthusiast is not where you want to go get your fentanyl right no. now. Am I right? Yeah, no, definitely no, no. not. Now, apparently, there's a there's a bad batch that police uh, believe has been circulating in the area. It's led to five mm. overdose deaths in like two days. It's like yeah, it's like bad drain cleaner. Why are you eating that anyway? But yeah, it's just super potent. Thing. And uh, and now they're looking for what appears to be a serial predator who has abducted literally like in the like afternoon just drove up in the river arts district grabbed a woman threw her in his car assaulted her and then about a mile away uh, about a day later did the same so yeah things are going well in Asheville. yes what in the world i mean there's a lot of dumb stuff i expect from Asheville because they got their own brand of weird but Mm. not that man yeah my favorite my favorite Asheville story to this day and i've told it before is those idiots who were up in the they were up in the uh uh, it was a Pisgah National Forest there, and they were camping with their families, and they were like 27. They decided to go to Asheville to busk and not tell anyone. Right. <laughs> and they had, and then they had the sheriff's department with a helicopter looking for them, and they're yeah. just on the streets, you know, oh, poetry for ten dollars, right? And um, well, I mean, I, that's that's what I expect, man. Yeah, you got to admire the entrepreneurial spirit, though. Seriously, Absolutely. like, yeah, I mean, just you can walk down the trail, you know, jump on a uh, on a on a sidewalk street corner. You know, sell some some poetry, sing off yeah. key, make some money, drink some beer, mm. get your re up, and uh, you know, head back to the wilderness. That's that would be nice. All right. Uh, normally, we try to stick uh, kind of to the uh, uh, the North Carolina stuff, but this is just across the border. The Virginian pilot uh, out of Norfolk is doing they're one, they're doing one of those uh, multi week pieces. And it's called Dividing Lines. And uh, so they're tweeting in the South. Norfolk is separated by race more now than it was in the Jim Crow era. Really? The past year, yeah. For the past year, a team of Virginia pilots reporters have studied the disparities that continue to divide and disadvantage people of color living in one of the state's largest cities. Did they? So, so, are there yeah. water fountains? I've never been to Norfolk, and I say it like that just to not run afoul of any FCC violations. But do they like implement... Like water fountain signage and bathroom signage up there? I I haven't noticed it. I got to be honest. I don't know how much time I spent on the ground in Norfolk proper. I generally, when I pass through there, I'm passing through there and I'm going through that tunnel slash bridge so across Chesapeake Chesapeake Bay. Mm. Um, but never in Norfolk proper. But whatever. You know, the newspaper is going to do these series and it's going to you know the little social justice angle. What kills me though is there. This is them announcing it. And then this is how they tag the announcement. You ready? Okay. It's a picture of the three reporters, and it's two guys and a gal, and they're all white. And it says, <laughs> quote, full disclosure, the oh people – but you know where this is going. I know where you? this is going already. <laughs> yeah. Full disclosure, the people behind this reporting are white and benefit from numerous privileges. Oh, my the God. population <laughs> highlighted in this project do not. We oh, have blind God. spots. Yes. Yeah, like maybe equating to what's currently on the ground in Norfolk, Virginia, to Jim Crow. Oh, my God. Talk yeah. about a blind spot. Good grief, people. But this is this is where we are again. And you so now and it's like, all right, well, if you guys feel that strongly, quit. Yeah, I, like give your job quit. to somebody else. Like the level of dumbassery there is like of galactic proportions. It, it really is. I mean, it really is a testament to the self-flagellation. I, I, like uh, just kudos to them. But although I don't think they go far enough, like you said, they need to just give up their post 
and give it to somebody who doesn't enjoy all of the benefits uh, and privileges that come with uh, being a reporter at, you know, $23,000 a year and uh, no discernible future uh, plans for improvement and growth in a dying industry. No, really, you've got all the privilege in the world by taking that gig. So you couple that with, um, as was pointed out, and we talked about this a little earlier, uh, what was a, a change, a changing of the headline. And, and let's, people don't get this. Sometimes people headline stuff or people report stuff or you or I will talk about something on the radio and you'll get a phone call. I remember, I remember, uh, at least two instances where uh, members of uh, department heads here in the state of North Carolina have called the studio and screamed at me or my boss. And I don't mean politely. I mean, they were very upset. So when Associated Press posted a headline that says, North Carolina wasting some COVID doses, top health officials say, that is accurate. That is what they said. They used the word some, which is an indiscernible number. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Although I would, right. I would quibble over the COVID doses, because I don't know about you, I do not want a COVID dose. I, I, I want a vaccine. I don't want a COVID dose. If you're dosing me with COVID, no, thank you. So I, I like I didn't like the headline for that reason. It should just call them vaccines or VAX, you know, just, okay. you know, but I quibble. All right. Yeah, no, yeah. But 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 the, the quibble here seems to be the word some. Right. Because what you see then uh, about an hour and a half later is the Associated Press story on their own website is now entitled small number of North Carolina vaccine doses thrown out. Some reporters, because like anything else, getting actual uh, numbers and answers has been very difficult uh, during the entirety of this. Some reporters, including, uh, let's see, uh, Brian Anderson, uh, AP AP Dillon and some others say that that number is in the teens. Yeah. Yeah. AP. Yeah. She has said that that she what she has heard is the numbers are in double digits. And that's a, that's a, that's more than a small amount. That would be some technically. Mm-hmm. And this and, and so when you see all of this, are you surprised at all that 56 percent of Americans agree with the statement that, quote, journalists and reporters are purposefully trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations? Right. Trust in social media now at an uh, in, at an all-time low of 27%. Traditional media, it's now under half. So this is not strictly a right-wing problem, right? Like the conservatives have long been uh, critics of the media saying they don't give us a fair shake. They, the media is now perceived by a majority of people to be uh, biased. And uh, I would submit they are mouthpieces for the most part for the left, not the right. And I know some people like the hardcore lefties will say, no, 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 corporate media, it's all right wing and this and that. Um, right. But the the bias is to anybody, and you, you come from a journalism background, to anybody who knows how to, you know, you read these articles and you can see where the bias goes. And by the way, I get uh, I get tips from people who are in various levels of government who tell me, like, here are the stories that some guy from some outlet tried to work up and they asked me for statements. Right. So like, right. I, I get wind of these types of stories, too, and the way that reporters approach various people and ask them for things, ask them for comments. And uh, this is it's not new, but the problem has gotten worse. And, and the AP example here is a very good one. They obviously changed that headline 
to go from some cases or uh, doses down to small number because they didn't want there to be this impression that they're throwing away a lot of vaccine doses. But what's a lot? I don't know. Like you said, it's subjective, right? It's it's nebulous. We're not told this because uh, they don't either collect the information, even though they've been uh, issued guidance by the CDC to do so. But they're saying, well, we need a really strong, you know, federal program that forces us to collect this data. Now, and just stop and think about that, right? You've got state officials saying that if only we had, you know, somebody telling us what to do, we would do the right thing. Where we would collect this data for everybody, um, but they don't. They even they either do not know the number, or they do not want us to know that number. No, and and you know to your point about how people craft stories, you're right. Unless you have a full understanding of the process that goes into it, there's a thousand ways you can tweak a story, mm-hmm. and and it'll pop to people. Like I'll give you an example. We have a story of some guy who hung something on his property here. It's a Biden-Harris sign with a Nazi flag. Oh, it's, it's, it's very apparent that yeah. he's calling Biden-Harris Nazis. Well, I could play audio of Jim Clyburn calling Trump a Nazi and everybody else under the sun. But RAL took a definitive position that what the guy is doing and the way and, and I, it's the way that they're portraying it by by quoting neighbors uh, who agree with the position is not that the guy is calling them a Nazi, which is evident to anyone who notices that those two things are attached to each other, but that the guy is actually, you know, bragging about the fact that he's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. It's it's accomplished by the the neighbors you choose to talk to, but also they went and they found somebody within the Jewish community who is is one of the uh, religious leaders who is constantly at those social justice religious leader gatherings. Well, they're... RAL knows that person, right? Because that person's in a Rolodex. Right. And so when they need that type of quote, that reporter knows that that's the person you want to call. Not and and it's all of those. It's it's a it it is a it is having the story written in your head and then going out and collecting the pieces to do it rather than exploring what the story is. Here's one That'd also. the best way to describe it. The, the, some of the, sometimes these people that get quoted, they may not even be aware of the story, right? They it, yeah. Like the reporter might be the one that actually tells the person, hey, did you hear about this whatever, whatever, this sign on a tree or whatever, the Nazi flag? And, oh, no, I haven't, but I, I can give you a quote. And that's all it takes because you got to make slot, right? That's the whole point. You have to, there's a news hole. It has to be filled. That's the pressure that all reporters and everybody that works in media that they're under. This is why, by the way, investigative journalism is so expensive uh, uh, to, to, Uh, perform is because you could devote people and resources and time to chasing down stories that don't pan out, right? That don't yield any kind of benefit and you don't have a story at the end of it all. And what does that say then to the bean counters and the management that we're counting on you to have some big story out of this, you know, that like, we, we can't keep funding that if you're not going to produce content. Um, and, And it's this, yeah, it's a race to the bottom. Uh, so to speak. But yeah, it's it's how do you influence that story? Because I would have said with the Nazi flag, like I would have just said, well, it, it appears that, you know, Nazis are for Biden. That's my obvious takeaway. Pro Nazi, pro Biden. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, there is definitely an attempt to associate uh, uh, the the Biden and uh, Harris with uh, with Nazis. Yeah, absolutely. That's, what, that's the logical that's the logical <laughs> takeaway. But it's gone in a different direction. Let me ask you hey, just one thing real quick here at the end. Um, cause I, this predates me, but 
I don't I don't want to I don't want to say you're older than me, Pete, but at the very least you've been in North Carolina media a lot longer than me. How old how old are you? Uh how I'm 40. So. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, you got me by like 10 years. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Well, the Randy. No, Randy I'm 47. Died, yeah, you, you saw you saw this. Randy Parton passed away. Right, right after the Randy Parton theater finally got uh, overhauled. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing. So I don't. I'm not fully 100 percent up on what that. Were you around when they were when yeah. they were selling that to the populace? Yeah, it wasn't really selling it to the populace. It was it was basically like, hey, we're going to take a whole bunch of this money. And we're going to fund this thing because the guy's sister is really famous. And I guess he's quasi famous, I call it. And right. um, and then they were like, they, they thought this guy was going to be a draw for the, was it Roanoke Rapids, if I remember correctly? I forget. Roanoke what, Rapids, yeah, but yeah. it's right on I-95. And when you drive by, I remember drive by and not knowing what it was one right. time. When I This was before I moved to North Carolina. I was literally driving from D.C. down to Atlanta. And I remember this thing, and I'm like, "What the hell is that doing there?" Because it's, yeah. and I, they thought people were going to get off the interstate and yeah. go to dinner theater or what? Yeah. Right, and that they would continue to do so. That it would be a draw over and over and over. That Randy Parton headlining every night was going to be this draw to the town every night. Um, and uh, this quickly, uh, the dream quickly uh, fell apart when uh, he proceeded to get trashed. Uh, uh, at the performances and then uh, had to get like ejected from his own theater at one point, I believe, and media was out back with the cameras. Wow. It was, oh, yeah, yeah. It was just another example. And this was, by the way, uh, this was the kind of uh, story that we were treated to um, just, uh, you know, in perpetuity under the, the, the democratic rule of the General Assembly. Like that was, this was one of a long list of ty- these types of stories. There's also, what was it the Teapot Museum? Have you heard about the Teapot Museum that got funded? Much the same way, but without a Randy Parton headliner. Well, that teacher's thing out on Ochrecote blows my mind, too. Okay, yeah, now, they, that, they, now that I am not aware of. The teacher's thing on Ochrecote. They have, a, they have, a, they have an edu- The Department of Education has a retreat for, um, it's supposed to be for teachers. I don't know the teachers go there, but it's, it's a huge, uh, it's, right, it's the most prime position on Ochrecote where the ferry drops off on the south end. Mm-hmm. And it's right there on uh, Silver Lake or whatever that is there. And it's this huge uh, complex housing and meeting space for uh, Department of Ed. Nice. It's on Ocracoke. Yeah, it's in the, it's possibly one of the nicest pieces of real estate in the whole state of North Carolina. Well, well yeah, that's possible. I but I know these things get built. Yeah, former so. Governor Easley, he got a nice piece of that property as well. That was one of the deals that he cut with a developer. He, he oh, got good. a piece of land for cheap and then held on to it for a little while and then flipped it, made tons of money on it. And there were some questions about whether or not there were, that was some sort of inside deal going on, stuff like that. So bad. I, we could do a whole. <laughs> we could probably do a whole show just on this stuff. But yeah, I mean, there was now, decades wanna, of it. Yeah, if you want to hear more Pete, then uh, catch his podcast available at uh, PeteCalendarShow.com or be the iHeartRadio app or any of your typical uh, podcast uh, download areas. And um, PeteCalendarShow.com. We'll uh, talk to you again next week, sir. Yes, sir. Have a great weekend. I appreciate it. All right. And watch out for the. Do they have a name for the Asheville uh, uh, Bandit or? Uh, the attacker yet? No, not that I'm aware of. Uh, just that he's short and stocky, and so I'm just staying off the streets so as to not be falsely accused. All right, well, that's fair. All right, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to end up as that guy. All right, uh, thank you, Pete. Appreciate it.